Is this thing on? I am Queensman. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa and you are listening to the All Things Pelvic podcast where you get to follow my life as a pelvic floor physical therapist. That may sound a little boring, but real quick, let me break it down. I bring up topics that most people find difficult to talk about, but maybe it's time we get comfortable with discussing the uncomfortable. I always strive for real talk, good vibes, and mostly all things pelvic. Join me and my guests as we discuss healthcare, culture, and real life topics. Are you ready? Because it's time to take a page out of my playbook. Okay, so before I introduce one of my favorite people, I'm realizing about myself that I call a lot of people my favorite people. However, Tim is definitely one of my favorite people. Tim, introduce yourself, please. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Tim Hausler, and I am a self-proclaimed uh, LGBT, uh, I don't know, advocate or lover of advocate. I think that's more the appropriate term. I think I'm more of just like a lover of advocate. A lover. I feel like this is such a good way to put it. <laughs> so... Tim just did a perfect introduction of himself because he is a lover of the LGBTQ population. Now, okay, lately, and when I say lately, I mean within like the past few years, I have been trying to advocate for this population as much as I can. I feel like I always have, no matter what. Tim, you've known me for a while. Uh, You know I've always tried to do that, but I do love that more things are kind of coming into light. So I've always kind of said each population that isn't advocated for, I love to advocate for because that's how I roll (laughs) for sure. But I kind of wanted to start off with um, something that actually a patient said to me, and this was maybe about a year ago. It's something that has stuck with me a little bit, but it's something that I want to start off this episode with for sure because I think it's a good gateway. Um, But... One of my patients from last year, all I did, all I did was ask them their pronouns. And they started crying. And they said to me, they were like, nobody's really asked me that before. And they they were like, thank you. I actually go by they, them, there. And thanks for doing that. And it's something that always kind of sat with me because I had just, in this, I reason I bring it up, two years ago, I took a course um, it was a transgender course for physical therapy, and I loved it. And I'm kind of thinking, I was like, oh, I advocate for everybody. You know, like, I'm sure there's something I'm going to learn in here. And let me tell you, I, I humbled myself in two seconds because there was a lot that I had to learn. One of them being to ask about pronouns. It's something that I never thought that I would have to ask about. And that patient cried that day. And I could tell that it meant a lot to them. But with that being said... How do you feel about pronouns, Tim? <laughs> yeah, well, first, uh, you know, I should have included in my introduction. I am he, him, his. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, pronouns uh, are huge, right? Especially, I, I feel like uh, they've gotten a lot of attention um, mm-hmm. over the last few years. Um, and I, I can definitely understand uh, your story. Um, and, you know, talking with uh, transgender people, um, you know, that I know, um, even, you know, watching, right. Just like, you, you know, you kind of first said, you know, the first part of being an ally, um, cause really that's what you are is, is being quiet, 
uh, and listening um, and learning, you know, so taking courses, things like that. Um, but pronouns are big, right? Especially for someone in the transgender community who's got this gender dysmorphia, right? Um, you know, calling them the wrong pronoun could really be a, a, a trigger for them. Um, yeah. You know, and as a healthcare provider, right, you're supposed to be uh, the one who's who's helping them, uh, right. who's making them healthier, yeah. <laughs> uh, both yeah. physically and mentally. Um, and could you imagine, like, uh, if you did use the wrong pronoun right at the beginning of that, the, the very first thing uh, in that appointment or that session, uh, you would be doing the reverse. You'd be doing the opposite. Oh, um, yeah, and, making and somebody feel be, less comfortable yeah, right away. Harm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's what it made me think. I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't as well, you know, before I started doing it um, as much as I do now, I was like, oh no, for all the people that I didn't do it for, you know, I kind of thought back on that. But you live and you learn also, you know, like you, you just keep doing what you have to do. But I, oh, mine are she, her and hers, right? Um, so yes. even like, yeah, you know, so it's, I even got asked the other day and I was like, hell yeah, yes, like th those are mine, right? And I think it's really important because I now, I'll never know what that feels like to maybe have it different, right? Um, however, you have to respect it. And that's something that I think I'm huge with too. I know I have spoken to some like older generational people and I'm not saying that everybody is like this, but... I, one of my colleagues that I worked with years ago, she was like, on my website, I have my pronouns. And um, she was like, I don't get it. Why did you do that? And I was like, oh, uh, actually, it's very important to do that. And then after I explained it to her, she was like, oh, I didn't even think. And I was like, well, yeah, most of us don't. Most of us don't think to you know, be inclusive and ask those types of things. But now I'm realizing like how important it is, especially as a healthcare provider too. I, one thing that I did learn in that course though, um, what they actually had patients come in to that course. And I thought that was probably one of the best things that they did. There were five people that came in and just told their stories about getting like gender reassignments, like surgeries and um, transitioning. And it was just a very, I realized how important terminology is. Um, terminology is huge. However, they did say something though that very much so, first of all, a lot of things happened in that course that stuck with me, but they said something very specific where it was just like, all we want is for people to try. Because I even said, I was like, what if I mess up? You know, like, what if I mess up and I say something and they were like, honestly, we just want somebody to try and understand and to try and ask. So they were like, even if you do mess up, acknowledge it. Just like acknowledge it and say like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I either should have asked you your pronouns or like I should have done this and go from there. But once they said that, I was like, yeah, it is all about just like, trying for a second you know and like at least acknowledging and then you go from there yeah you know I mean I feel like one of the biggest mistakes like I hear about um you know or, or even see is you know someone who who uses the wrong pronoun um uh, of course it's a mistake yeah. um or, or hopefully it's a mistake I guess I should say mm -hmm. um you know is you should apologize, of course, right? You should address it. You know, you, you shouldn't just brush it under the rug. You, sh you should address it and apologize. But apologize and genuinely mean it. Mm -hmm. 
and don't make it about yourself. Yes. Um, yes, yes, I can yes. tell you how many times, you know, people are like, you know, oh, I, I'm so sorry. Is my pronoun? Like, oh, you know, people, and then they relate it to themselves yeah. somehow or something else. Like, this is not about you. This yeah. is not about you. This is about them. And you made a mistake. Apologize. Sincerely mean it. And try to do better. That's right. it. And That's I think, it, you know. I mean, I think that can be said in any type of setting, right? <laughs> I feel like that's We're even... so self-centered, oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. That's just like, if for some reason somebody's like, oh my gosh, like I broke up with so-and-so or whatever it is, and then if like I need to bring up a story of some sort, I always say, hold on, like this is going to relate back to what you're talking about, I promise, because... That's all we can do, right? Like, since we are self-centered, I feel like a lot of the times we're like, oh, gosh, should this happen to me? Or what would I do? What's my experience with it? And then in this type of thing, especially if you haven't experienced it, I feel like there's a lot of like, okay, you can apologize. But then sometimes also people apologize too much. And oh, then they, yeah. then it's like it's made a whole thing, you know, and then it's like overkill. I have had some patients tell me that where they're like, a doctor messed up by accident, you know, and called me the wrong pronouns. And they, they even told me they were like, I didn't even care at first. They're, they're like, we, you know, because it happens, unfortunately. And it does, you know, we're all human. And but then they <laughs> would tell me that sometimes the doctors would like keep going. They were just like, oh, my goodness, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this. And I was like, oh, well, Jesus, you're just going to talk out of your ass now aren't you <laughs> like you're just gonna keep going and that's the issue <laughs> yeah no it's totally true you know and then you know maybe like the second you know biggest mistake is like uh you know people who instead of asking the person what their preferred pronouns are they go to like a colleague or who's ever <laughs> next to them on the subway that day whatever it is and they ask, you know, oh, what pronouns do you think this person is? Is it a he? Is it a she? You know? Wait, and it's like, what? Has that, have you, you know, seen this happen? Or have you oh, heard it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. I've, I've listened to people tell their stories. And, uh, you know, even like a TSA, right? So I heard this one person tell the story of they, they're going through TSA and the body scanners. So apparently the body scanners... You have to, they have to actually click male or female. I don't know, to, I don't, I've never worked in TSA, so I don't know 100%, but supposedly when you go into the body scanner, they click male or female, and the body scanner is looking for female or male characteristics oh. and, and things that don't fit that, and that's what they that's what they look for when you get the pat down. And so I heard this one person tell the story where they, they go up to the, to the machine and they can hear the TSA agents, you know, being like, should I click the guy, the boy one, the girl one, the, the male, the female, you know, and they, they click the female one, they do the body scanner. And then you, they're kind of like, uh, they tell her to step out and then they tell her to step back in and then they try the other button when they could have just simply asked this person, you know, are you male, female, you know, it's just so, so, so silly. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe it's out of embarrassment, um, out of fear. I don't know. So my listeners can't see this right now, but my face, I'm just like in awe. I like, I'm like stooped, but see, this is where I think sometimes being like as accepting as like you and I are and like, you know, are a lot of our friends and everything too. This is where I become naive because that's something that I would not have thought of. 
And then I can't even imagine how how they must feel. Like, like then afterwards, where it's like you also hear these people saying that and you're like, uh, I'm so and so. Like, I, you know, like what do you even say after that? It's kind of just... I, it's like being an animal in a zoo, right? No, you're like, like these people are like talking about you as if like you're not even there. You you can't understand them. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. I, it, I yeah. I don't even know what to say to that. But that does kind of lead us into like one thing that I did want to ask you was: Is there anything? Because like you do this for your job, right? Like you're you're an advocate for you know all these populations and. I'm sure like a lot of part like part of that is even in like public spaces or just like even in jobs and stuff too like is there anything that you would kind of pinpoint that like you would want to change in certain areas whether that be like in restaurants public spaces in a job setting I know that that could probably go on for like days with stuff that you would want to change but anything kind of specific where you think you like if you were to be in a certain setting to say okay this is something I feel can be either like more inclusive or just be different. Yeah. I mean, of course, like you said, you know, we can talk about this for, for hours, yeah, but, yeah. um, but you know, one of the things I think in a lot of people's minds, you know, especially when we're, we're talking specifically about transgendered people, yeah. um, is bathrooms, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. you know, using the female bathroom, using the male bathroom, you know, why? Mm-hmm. Um, why do we even have two gendered bathrooms? Right. Um, you know, why isn't there more, uh, you know, unisex bathrooms? Why aren't there more universal bathrooms, whatever you want to call them? Um, you know, I had the opportunity of going to a college where it was an all girls school yeah. uh, and then it was ended up being co-ed. So all of the bathrooms were designed for female, right? Uh, you know, for, were designed for females. There was no urinals. So you go in the bathroom and, and it was just a bunch of stalls. So realistically, you know, there was, there was nothing, there was nothing to, to do the difference between the female bathroom and the male bathroom that was right next door. Sure, uh, sure. And I think that that really opened my mind to being like, why, why are we gendering bathrooms? You yeah. know, I mean, we could already ask the question of why are we gendering sneakers? Um, you know, in all reality, right? Well, uh, why do we do a lot of stuff? That's <laughs> That's the first thing that I could say, you know, like split it. There are so many things that we can go into, but I actually think bathrooms is a very important one to bring up. So when I left PT school, you know, we of course had like separate bathrooms, you know, male, female, this and that. And I went back for like an alumni talk and I went into the bathroom and I went, what's happening here? So because they, they did this thing where like the sink was in the middle and then all the, there was like a weird maze type thing you had to go through. So they combined the bathrooms together to make it gender neutral and I was like and I my dumb self I like go up to my teacher I go what the hell happened to the bathroom I was like why is it a maze now and she was like oh it's it's a gender neutral bathroom I was like oh amazing like that's so cool I thought they were doing this just weird architecture like for you know whatever they wanted to do and I thought that that was great um but Again, even in that in that course that I took, one of the patients told us something and it was kind of like just kind of mortifying when like when I hear some of these stories, I'm just like, uh, I can't even imagine that. But she she told us that 
when she went into the bathroom, this guard came up to her. So when when she went into the bathroom, she um, wasn't fully transitioned yet. And um, the security guard mistaked her for a male. And he was like, you're going into the wrong bathroom. Like, what are you doing? And it was in front of so many people. And she was like, no, 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 no. Like, I, you know, no, like, this is the bathroom that I'm supposed to be going in. That's because that's how she identified. And he flipped out and he kicked her out of the building. And it was also to make things worse. It was her place of work. So that made things a million times worse. And then even like her manager had to get into it and she's like, no, no, no. Like, this is like, this is her. This is how she had done it. And all this whole thing. And then she said like, it made her sad because like the security guard didn't even care. Like he didn't even he didn't even acknowledge the fact that like he made a mistake and that kind of killed me a little it's bit. It's just it's just crazy. It's such a preventable problem, yeah. right? I mean like especially because it, it, you know in this place of work and you know people transition in all stages of their life, yeah. right? Yeah. So you've got people transitioning at 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old beyond, you know they could be well into their working years, right? So you could have someone who works for your company for 10, 20 years, and now they are finally um, accepting themselves for who they really yeah. are. Mm-hmm. They've decided to make this transition and they've got to go to a different bathroom. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and, and so what are they going to do, right? Are they going to address it to everyone that they work with? Like, right. Hey, I'm changing genders. I'm going into the other bathroom. Just want to let everyone know, right? Well, like, you know, and that's what makes it so crazy, right? If you didn't have these gendered bathrooms, there would be no issue. You would go to the same bathroom when you're transitioning versus pre-transition versus post-transition. It would right. all be the same. It's, it's something and how are you supposed to do your work? If that's what you're worried about and, you know, you you can't even go to the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know, right? right. It's like, how, how are you supposed to move forward in your day if that's what you're so concerned about? Um, I remember I, I, I was watching a, a TED Talk and um, someone mentioned, like, a statistic on how many, uh, it was like transgender people um, have UTI infections in, like, the last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Because of, of, of not being able to go to the bathroom or being so scared to go to the bathroom. I, that's really funny you brought that up because I actually saw that when I was just like researching things this morning and I was like, wow, wow. And, you know, then that then goes back into like, okay, that's because of like mental and like psychological things too. There are then so many factors that then go into that. And that's actually something that I talk to my patients about a lot. So I do tend to see a lot of patients who come in for gender reassignment surgeries, you know, like afterwards and stuff. I actually started seeing, and this is where I'm thinking like PT is kind of changing the game a little bit, which is amazing. But people that are coming in before where they're like, oh, I've learned that like pelvic floor PT is good for this and that. And I now want to come to you to just learn about certain things. And I'm like, um amazing yes hi I'm here to help you you know like of course and I think um even that in itself there's just so many different things to look into like not only do you now have to deal and I know everybody has to deal with this however when you're transitioning into the person that you 
have always either thought you were or you're now more comfortable going into that realm, it you're now dealing with so many other things. You know, like, and I know we transition throughout life. We all change, but... This is this is something for me where I'm just like it, this is a different ball game. It's a completely completely different ball game where it kills me that it's not either when somebody does bring it up that they might be shamed for it too. Um that that is something that my patients tell me a lot and that I don't tolerate at all where I more so than do his arm sometimes like who's that doctor let me know so that I can like write it down and you know not deal with them because they, they say it happens a lot people shame them um yeah you know I, I don't know if you ever heard of him but uh there's an activist in the UK uh named Alexander Leon okay. and he kind of like broke Twitter not that long ago um with and he he made this statement that says queer people don't grow up as ourselves we grow up playing a version of ourselves that sacrifices authenticity to minimize humiliation and prejudice the massive task of our adult lives is to unpick which parts of ourselves are truly us and which parts we've created to protect ourselves. And I feel like that's kind of what you're alluding to, Ooh. you know, because it's so true, right? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of, of who we think we are, you know, as queer people and, and anyone in that, uh, that LGBT um, spectrum, you know, we create the this false self a lot of the time growing up um to mask uh and to 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 get rid of the humiliation and to try to avoid it and protect ourselves and then we become these adults and we didn't have the opportunity to experiment with what we who we really are or what we actually like right like do i actually like sports do i am i actually interested in 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 females or males or you know what is it about myself that's actually true um, and what's, what's not true. Um, and, and I think a lot of people don't understand that that's, that's a real, real unique issue, uh, for anyone really in the, in the LGBT community. Um, it it really is. No wonder he broke the damn internet because like, (laughs) what a thing to say, but it's so true. It's so true for any of my friends that are, you know, within that category, within that population, my patients that talk about it, there's always something where they were like, nope, I was too ashamed for this. I was too ashamed for that. I was, you know, there was always that something. And I think he put it perfectly. (laughs) He put it perfectly. You You do things in order to not be humiliated by it because unfortunately it's something within our culture that is looked down upon now not as much however I live in New York City I live in a little bubble so it's just like you know there are different types oh yeah a huge bubble but it's a bubble right uh, (laughs) yeah definitely a bubble (laughs) and I live in Hell's Kitchen nonetheless (laughs) <laughs> so perfect shout out to hell's kitchen oh man. yeah especially for this episode too <laughs> all about it um but that totally brings up what i mentioned to you this morning about the walking trans ban what the first of all again naive on my part because what the hell is that hold on i actually think i yeah wait wait, wait. i have it up okay Ridiculous. I'm totally going to read this out right now. So 
articles called New York Repeals Walking Wild Trans Law. And when I saw it, I was like, that's a law? Like, I <laughs> didn't even right? know that was a law. Okay. So New York Governor Andrew Cuomo signed a bill Tuesday that repeals a state anti-loitering law, commonly called the Walking Wall Trans Ban, that cr- critics say police used to harass and arrest law-abiding trans people in particular. The new measure effectively takes off the books a 1976 law that sought to prohibit loitering for the purpose of prostitution. Politicians and LGBTQ advocates say the law resulted in decades of discrimination by law enforcement. Okay. I <laughs> First off, this is not a new concept. I'll just uh, I'll just throw that out there. Oh. This is this is not this is as old as old as school. So old. But just like it really 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 bothers me that in 2020-2021 to see something like that. And um it really, really kills me. It makes me very grateful to have grown up within this generation just because I can't even imagine the people that are like 80, 90, 100 and who have always felt that what, you know, who've always been accepting of others and, and everything. And like, this is the bullshit that goes on. Like, this, this, no. <laughs> like, what? And this is, this was happening in your, in the bubble. In the right? bubble. So that, yeah. that's what's what's even crazier. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I so I was reading all about it. Uh, you know, after you sent, it, sent the article to me. And, yeah. um, you know, like, I remember reading, like, about, like, you know, officers being, like, like, there's statements about, like, officers were looking for, like, Adam's apples and, like, <laughs> large hands. That was how they were supposed to be identifying prostitutes. Oh, my goodness. Like, what the last time I checked, the definition of a prostitute was you pay them for sex. Right, had nothing right, to right, do right. with if they and had an Adam's apple or they had large hands. Right. So and then it just goes to show that this is obviously just discriminatory towards trans, you know, the trans population because unfortunately, that especially during that period in time, you know, it, nobody was transitioning as you know, yeah. as, especially as much as now. No way. No way. And out on the street, now you're you're, you're talking about people of color, oh, right? Oh, I, yeah. mean, I mean, it, that's... now it's like yes, the transgender community, but also transgender people of color. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it's really it's quite targeted, or so it seems. Yeah. Well, yeah. that brings up a whole other <laughs> a whole other thing too. But it's even so. Even with what I just said about how like it's just bull that like this is still going on. There was something. Um, while Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, really, really hit its peak, especially last year, you know, it's something that I definitely still advocate for all the time, all the time. And there, there's people, oh, there are people that I know that they're like, oh, well, what happened to Black Lives Matter now that this? And I'm like, okay, first of all, still a thing and will always be a thing for you. It's, it's a lot of people just choose to not see certain things. They choose to do that. But Again, whole different thing. However, this isn't like leg warmers. It's not a trend. Yeah, not a okay. Trend. I'm sorry no. to let you know. This is not leg warmers. Definitely right? not. But um, there was a post that really stuck out with me. So um, Tim and I are alumni of Buffalo, 
right? Um, and well, technically, did... I didn't graduate, but I don't know. True, maybe that's uh, true. Fun, However, you did go there. <laughs> you did go there, <laughs> and that is where we met. So that's where I still think of you as, as a Buffalonian for sure. Um, but there's this post of this couple, and I always just remember it because they're wearing buffalo shirts, right? this older white couple and they had signs and it was for black lives matter and they were just like black lives matter i can't believe we're still dealing with this shit (laughs) (laughs) and it was amazing and it kind of you know it made me just realize like for any population you know like it there are always people that within those populations like even that you know that law said like 1976 like a lot of people during that time were probably advocates. It's just like they were probably scared to say so. Oh, my gosh, right? Well, look, just down the street from you, right? Uh, The the Stonewall Inn. The Stonewall Inn is really the the spark that ignites the LGBT movement in the United States. Oh, yeah. One was was really about the police and and cross-dressing transgendered yeah. people that that's what it was all about it was it was the fact that you you really you couldn't go out in the street you couldn't be in these bars and restaurants if you didn't have a certain number of pieces of clothing yeah. that matched your gender identity uh, you know and then Stonewall Inn was was one of those places that allowed people uh to be themselves right. um and you know and that's another thing too is you know especially as as a gay man I'm not transgendered um you know uh, us that aren't transgendered, we need to be really thankful for our, our transgender brothers and sisters and, uh, and 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 all of them because you know Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Ray, oh, yeah. or Sylvia Rivera, you know, right? They're the ones who 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 really started this all, oh, um, yeah. and they were the ones who were strong enough to 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 take on uh, on the system and risk their um, lives for it too, and risk their lives yeah. for, for 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 all of this. Well, um, and, and we can't leave them behind. We can't leave them behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really important as, as someone who, who's a part of the LGBT community, but that doesn't identify with that T part, yeah. um, I think is very, very, very important that, that we, we really respect and we honor and, and we make sure that we're there for them. Yeah, um, for sure. And that's like even, like you, like you just said, right? You are a gay man, but you aren't transgender. It's the same thing. Like I'm a heterosexual woman, but I'm not transgendered either, but I'm there to advocate for everyone you know in any in any way that I can and I think one big thing for anybody that might if this conversation is making you uncomfortable too to you know even talk about or if you if there is something I think that you are uncomfortable to talk about you probably should be talking about it and you probably oh, yeah yeah and like educate yourself a bit you know just you've got to become comfortable being uncomfortable if it makes you uncomfortable then you just need to learn more that's all you just don't understand it it's your bias you need to understand it uh and you got to dive in and it it is going to make you uncomfortable but eventually you will become comfortable with it you know you just got to learn you got to you got to be an ally and and the first start being an ally is listening listening to people you know, tell their stories. <laughs> I'll never forget. I, I heard one thing that said, like, if you've talked to one transgendered person, then you've talked to one transgendered person. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I was that's so funny. It's so true, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. it's like, it's like that, like, you know, oh, I got a black friend, you know, oh it's like, God. it's the same I thing, right? You know, people... oh, I, oh yeah, well, you know, I, I, I this, well, my transgendered friend told me this, so it must apply to all transgendered people, right? you know, it's like, it's yeah. like you know, 
you, you've got to listen. You've got to hear people's stories. You and and part of it is, you know, you've you've got to reach outwards. You know, yeah. like you got to go outside your bubble, wherever your bubble is. You've got to go outside it. Um, and and the cool thing is that in 2021, uh, you know, we have this thing called the internet, uh, and it has this thing called YouTube. Tell me about heard, it. I haven't heard about it. You know, wild concept. It's called Google. You know, it's like do your own research. Like, what are we so scared of? Like, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna type in the word transgender, and they're gonna come out of the screen and like grab you. Like, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Educate yourself, people. Come on. You know, it's it's not fair for them to have to educate us every single time. I mean, talk about exhausting, right? Especially, you know, as, as someone who's in the health field, right? You know, yeah. if, if this person, every single time they see a doctor and transgender people are seeing lots and lots of doctors. Plenty. Yeah. That's if something that I had time. to learn. I had to learn yeah. that as well in terms of like, um, hormones, injections, yeah. uh, surgeries, psychological seeking psychological help that's actually a very big one before somebody I I think it's a law actually before you undergo a gender reassignment surgery you have to have a psych evaluation very um I thought that was very interesting um a lot of my patients have told me that I also just learned that in general and they said that you know, it's funny. It's funny. You would think that they would be upset about that, but they're like, no, we get it. <laughs> they're like, and they're like, whatever. Like, as long as we just are going to do what we have to do, and that's fine. Um, but that also, again, brings me to like, I think there's always something to learn. There's always, always something to learn. So, like I told you before, I, I felt like that this course was going to be amazing and that like I was going to already know certain things because like, you know, like I know some transgender, you know, I know some people that are like that and all this stuff. And then like I got to the course and I was like, uh, I am now humbled and I don't know what to do and I'm just going to shut up and I'm going to listen to everything that's happening here. But a big thing was something so simple where they were like, put pronouns on your forms. Or, you know, it's like something so simple, so, so simple. So that was um, a big thing. And make it normal, you know? Like, I don't know what is it, what is with this expectation that it's like just trans people need to announce their pronouns? Let's just make it normal, you know? Like everyone, put it on your email signature, put it, put it wherever, you know what I mean? Introduce yourselves and say he, him, his, or she, her, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, uh, them, they, you know, let's make it normal. Yeah, uh, totally. you know that that way, you know, we're we're not relying on these visual cues that honestly are false. Yeah. Um, you know, just because someone may look like what you think a female should look like does not mean that their pronoun is going to be she and her. Yeah. Um, so let's normalize it. Let's let's uh, let's have everyone do it. I wholeheartedly agree with that wholeheartedly and I think that um instead of people also thinking that it needs to just be like a whole thing to be inclusive not really just like listen like let's just listen to what somebody has to say listen to their wants listen to their needs their feelings and go from there just and just go from there I think that like that's like as simple as it should be um now, I'm, of course, a part of, like, a bunch of, like, Facebook groups with, like, you know, a bunch of different PTs and everything. And there was something. This happened months ago. Months ago. But 
there was a forum about forms and including pronouns and how um in what ways to like word it and stuff and it was really funny because one pc was just like uh just like put pronouns and like that's it you know and it was funny though because she was just like the simpler the better you know and um so she said that and then also just maybe adding in something like what was your gender at birth you know to like you know to then go back and forth because i really did think about it you know if i'm either doing like a vaginal or a penile examination with somebody, rectal, whatever it is, like I do have to know, you know, I do kind of have to know what I'm working with, right? Um, but there was somebody on there who flipped out, like completely flipped out and um, they they were just like, you know, I don't think this is right. I think that... Um, how you were born is how you were born. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I, it was something, you know, when you just like can't stop watching a train wreck. It was like, nope. you just can't stop watching it. It's like a fight on Facebook that you want to follow from people in high school. Like, you just like, you can't stop watching. And I was like, oh no, they did not. They did not just do that. And, it, it, it was a lot and, and it made me really sad. It made me really sad because it just went to show that like a healthcare worker really like we're there to help people. And that's what you just said. That's what you said. It. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it goes a lot of it goes to that mental health piece, which is a huge piece. Huge. I mean, you know what I mean? Like transgendered folks are disproportionately hurting, harming themselves uh, are suicidal and as a healthcare worker you you should be definitely not contributing to that yeah. um you know you need to do we should be doing everything that we can to reverse that um yeah i mean that, that that's just crazy and really really it's like what does it matter to you right you know like right if, if this <laughs> that's person is happy, thing. it's like what what does it matter to you right. what does it matter to you what they they fill out on that form you yeah. know, uh, it, it's just, it's just silliness. It really is. Uh, I, and, and, you know, I know we're, we're kind of just, we're obviously focusing on like the trans population a lot, but th I think this just goes for all of like LGBTQ. It, um, all of it, all yeah. of it. And I think it's, it's just like, oh my God, it's 2021. Let's get a grip. Like, <laughs> let's get a grip as much as we can. Enough with these boxes, right? Like, what is with, like, all these boxes that we've all got to, like, fill in, whatever? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, what what's with what's wrong with a good old-fashioned fill-in-the-blank line? Yeah. Tell me what it is. What, what, should I, what should I call you? What do you prefer? Maybe it's their name. You right. know, I mean, like... You know, whatever it is, uh, you know, I mean, let them tell their story. Let them describe it to you. Yeah. Um, instead of having this anxiety that they're going to check the wrong box or that you're not going to understand right. um, if they circle two genders um, or they, they don't circle any of them at all or wh whatever. Yeah. And I think um, one thing that I've definitely become like a little just more bolder with, I would say, is just, and I think I've always been like this, but it's just now I become like more comfortable with patients. But I always just ask, I'm like, what, you know, just to tell me, just, you know, just, just tell me, like, what, you know, like, what led you 
to this or like what led you to that um you know give me the reasoning for it and a lot of the times when somebody knows that you want to help them they're gonna be like oh yeah sure this is why you know and like and some of them even were like I'm happy you asked you know and like this is why I'm doing this and this is why I'm doing that and I think um sometimes just even asking a simple question as that leads somebody to just say like okay that person cares I um I have patients who even like will go see like a mental health counselor or something and um, they kind of just listen to listen, but they don't like dive into certain things with them, you know, and I don't know. I think um, it goes back to something as simple as we all just have to listen to each other and try to understand each other's stories as much as possible. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) We're all different. We've all been raised differently. We all come from different communities. We we have different experiences. You know, even if we identify the same, we could have completely different experiences on yeah. what that identification is like for us. And, you know, I just can't help but think that, like, you know, in healthcare you think that there would be a big piece of, of understanding where this person came from and understanding how the outside world, you know, could be affecting them. Oh, um, totally, totally. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, if you are a physical therapist or just like rehab, any type of healthcare worker, I should say, any type, I think it's always important to step out of your realm sometimes too and say like, okay, I know this person is here for like the physical part of it, but what else is going on that might be causing this? Now that's with all my patients, right? I, I am somebody who I'm just like, tell me about your day. Like, what do you, like, what do you do throughout your entire day? And sometimes they laugh at me and I'm like, no, no, please tell me, please tell me. Like, what, what do you do when you wake up? You know, like, what do you do with this? What do you do in that? I'm such like a, I'm like a habit breaker, you know, like that, that's kind of like how I treat because I always joke around. I'm like, I could give you 50 exercises to do, but like, if I know you're not going to do them or like, you know, like depending on your routine or whatever it is, like that's not going to help you. So I think sometimes taking that extra step now is to say like, are you seeing a psychologist or like, have you spoken to somebody about this? Do you do this? Like being very thorough in that I think is a game changer for a lot of people too. Now I do work in pelvic health. You know, it's like my bread and butter. So I do work with people who have like gender reassignment surgeries and stuff. And I remember there was a patient who they really just, they needed a psychotherapist, like 1000%. And it was because when they did go to their mental health kind of like evaluation, it was just an evaluation and it was to get them their gender reassignment surgery. Then one thing that they, you know, that I talked to them about, and it was actually a bulk of our session that we talked about how They were transitioning from female to male and he then would tell me how now I have to work with different body parts and I have to now kind of understand that like I now do not have my breasts anymore yet I still have a vagina. So how do I now navigate this? And a big thing for him was like I... I identify as male and I don't have enough money to now, you know, to fully transition because like insurance doesn't cover it. And I literally, I, you know, of course I like had to 
always, always, I, I was just like, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, oh my goodness, you know, that's just so much stuff to, to just like kind of deal with. And then I worked with like one of my, my favorite psychologists and like, it was really beneficial for him, you know, very, very beneficial to like really sit down and talk to somebody about it. Um, and he even always, you know, he, he would tell me too, like, I am happy that I got to talk to you about it as well. And it made me realize so much how important it is to have those other outlets too. You know, it's not, again, I am a PT, right? So it, a lot of it is about the physical, but if I can help somebody in any way, I'm always happy to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely interesting too. You know, I, I, I think the, um, the female to male one, you know, where I, it definitely is least from from my experience of the people that that I've talked to or you know that I've listened to um you know getting their breasts removed um mm. you know it seems to, to be a common you know surgery yes um, yeah but you know uh below the belt right or as people are always interested on what's what's below the belt yes yeah uh, you know yeah <laughs> common one, term um, oh yeah yeah, you know, it's, it's not as common of a surgery. And, you know, what's interesting is I, I met a couple different people who, you know, some of them who have transitioned from female to male still find, uh, you know, their vagina, like, sexually pleasing. Um, yeah. And they oh, want, yeah. you know, penetration. And then some who, who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, that's the last thing that they want. Uh, and I always found that, that interesting. It was, it was one of the first things, you know, like in, in college, um, when I, I realized, you know, all right, everyone is different. Everyone is unique, you know, and that's that right. idea mm-hmm. of, you know, what one person may want is not what another person wants. But I always, I always found that, that a, a little bit interesting, um, you know, at least from my own personal experience. Yeah. Um, so it's funny you brought that up because if that does happen and this happens with, with any one of my patients, you know, say they are coming in because like their sensation is off or whatever. But if that does happen, let's say if somebody can't get a certain surgery or whatever it is, I'm like, all right, well, we're going to work with what we have, you know, like for right now, like, can your partner come in? Can we, you know, like, let's try and do something so that we can figure this out for you, you know, because like it should be figured out and, and go from there. But that is interesting to hear, you know, it's just like, you let me try to just work with what I have and go from there. Yeah. And, you know, you brought in a good point too, like about, you know, if there already is a partner, uh, when this transition is happening, Mm -hmm. especially if it's, if it's a lifetime partner or a long-term partner, um, yeah, bringing both in. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a great op, what a great option. Oh yeah. Um, So that's actually so, and see, like I said that so nonchalantly too, because I feel like it's something that I'm like very used to, but yeah. Oh my God. So Pelvic floor, you know, kind of going a little off topic, slightly on topic, but pelvic floor in general um, is very intimate, right? It's it's a very intimate type of physical therapy. A lot of the times I'm doing internal examinations, whether it's vaginal, rectal, the works. Um, Now, a lot of the times they'll be like, well, what can like, you know, is there anything like my partner can do at home or like, how do I bring this up? And I'm like, do they want to come in? Because, like, I will gladly, you know, like, kind of show them, like, what I'm doing to help them understand better, too. I do that a lot. As long as my patient is okay with it and as long as the partner is okay with it. But I always, I'm very, like, it's fun. You know how I am. You know, I'm just very, like, you know, I'll go with the flow with everything. I'm, like, nice. However, 
I'm very firm when a partner comes in and I always have like a little spiel kind of like beforehand where it's just like, if I for some reason think that this is not going well, you will go be out of the room. <laughs> and like that's what will happen <laughs> because at the end of the day, like I am there for my patient and like if I think that anything is off, you out out, out, out. So <laughs> I like always make sure of that too. However, I always make sure that it's an option because I think that's important. You know, like if a partner does want to help out, cool. Yes. That's like how it should be. Great. Come on. Yeah. In. That, that's really awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because yeah. it is, it is, it's, it's a, uh, it can be very awkward. I'm sure. Oh, right. You know, I don't know. Um, but gosh, I can only imagine how difficult uh, that must be, and especially for 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 someone who who loves this other person, you know, yeah. and uh, to be to be able to do that in a in a setting with someone who is so open minded, you know, like yourself, and and who has medical, you know, uh, knowledge and and can help them with your experience. Wow, you know, to me that that seems like like something that could easily be implemented everywhere and uh, and um, and and make such a big change. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. And it's something that um, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of screening that does go into that as well. You know, like, and um, that is the hard part of my job, too. Um, I luckily, luckily, have not had to deal with like too many people that might have dealt with, um, like I deal with a lot of patients who have had like sexual abuse, unfortunately mm. and stuff, but never have I had a time where somebody like wanted to bring in a partner where like they were like the abuser or something, you know, never was there a time with that. I like suspected it at certain points, um, mm. with some people, but there was never a time with that because like, I think I would be like stumped with that, you know, like where, I, like, know something yeah. is going on. But, I mean, we're also required as, like, healthcare providers to, like, report these, you know, these things if that's the case. But um, that's kind of, you know, that's something to just be mindful of as well. You know, because it is a beautiful thing. I love bringing in partners. But then there's, like, that weird, scary kind of side of it too. You know, I had to say no once just to one partner coming in. And it wasn't because of, like, it wasn't because of physical abuse, but – it was because their partner was just like so adamant about coming in that I was kind of, and like the patient wasn't saying it. So I was like, mm. uh, no. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, yeah, you know, so it gets like a little fuzzy when it gets into things like that too. But I think it's something that healthcare providers should definitely be open to. Well, that makes sense, right? Want. That goes yeah. along with that whole idea of you're there to make this person healthy. Always. Um, and, and if that's what that means, you know what I mean, is is, is keeping it, uh, you know, as just the individual, then then yes, that has to be, that has to be the best option. Yeah. Now, if you were to kind of like say something that you would like want people to just kind of take out of this, go for it. Like, what would it be? Because I definitely have something that, like, that I have, like, in my head. <laughs> so, like, I have, I just have something that I think everybody should kind of follow. It's, like, a <laughs> piece of advice. My biggest, my biggest thing is, you know, educate yourself. Yeah. Educate yourself. You know, it should not be up to these people in these minority communities, whatever that community is, whatever yeah. it is, 
to have to educate every single person that they meet and that they come across. I don't expect people, and I do not hold it to myself, to know everything, right? No one knows everything. But be interested, you know, be curious. And if it makes you uncomfortable, dive in head first, you know, until you are comfortable with that situation. Um, and to be an ally, you have to listen. You have to listen first. If you just start talking and you just start speaking, then you're missing out. You're missing out on a lot of the big points. You need to listen and be quiet first and then start using your voice and amplify those voices that you've been listening to, amplify those, those uh, minority communities. So what you just said was like so perfect and now I don't want to follow up. <laughs> But I'm going to just so I can have something to say. <laughs> now that was that was like so perfectly put. I can't even. But it's true. You know, we we need to like always listen. Um, and I think that's something we've just been saying throughout this whole episode, right? We've been saying that the entire time. But I think like my biggest thing is that I may never fully understand but I will always respect somebody's decision with whatever they do. So like respect for me is a very big thing because like I can't even pretend to understand what somebody within the LGBTQ population feels like because I'm not in it, right? I'm not in it. And while I'll never understand what somebody in that population feels like, I will always respect it. So that's something that like I have been trying to live by for a while, you know, like, and that's, um, with even anybody that I meet, too. I might not fully understand you, dude, but like, you know, or whatever. I just, but I, I will respect somebody's decision for whatever they want to do or how they feel. So that's something that I think I would hope people live by. I also just wish people were more like me and you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that brings us full circle back to that self-centered. Self-centered. <laughs> being like and be super self-centered. Yeah. Like and everybody's just self-centered. Great. <laughs> I can't. Thank you so much for being on here, Tim. You're oh, it's great. been my pleasure. <laughs> and if anybody has any questions about anything, his name is Tim Hauser. He's perfect. And I love him. <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to the all things pelvic pod have questions concerns comments want to share your story remember to follow me on instagram at the underscore pelvic floor playbook dm me share my stuff like it and let me know what you think as a reminder this is not medical advice by any means so don't be out here doing a bunch of nonsense in these streets if you need me and want a vibe, you know where to find me. I'm out.